0: The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM.
1: When they poured across the border I was cautioned to surrender This I could not do I took my gun and vanished. I have changed my name so often. I've lost my wife and children, but I've many friends. And some of them are with me. the frontiers are my prison. Oh, the wind, the wind is blowing. Through the graves, the wind is blowing. Freedom soon will come. Then we'll come from shadow. chez moi et me dire signe-toi
2: mais je n'ai pas peur
3: Good afternoon, you are listening to Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Simon Tishko and we've just been listening to Leonard Cohen, which is an unusually folksy kind of intro to Isotopica, but one that is totally appropriate to today's edition, which features a rather moving field recording that I managed to make on Sunday at a memorial Service hosted by London Borough of Hammersmith and Fulham and our Mayor um, Mercy Ume who um, that the Socialist Council in Hammersmith and Fulham actually installed a much needed and much missing memorial to local people who died. On the battlefield fighting the fascists in the late 1930s as part of the International Brigade. A most amazing and beautiful, in many respects, moment in history. I'm sure many of you know the history of the International Brigades, but just as a kind of quick preview of what we're going to be listening about. The International Brigades were paramilitary units set up by the Communist International Comintern to assist the Popular Front government of the Second Spanish Republic during the Spanish Civil War. Um, The organisation existed from two years, 1936 to 1938, and during the war between 32,000 and 35 members served in the International Brigades, and bear in mind this is all volunteers, this is people who made their way mostly from Europe, but in many cases from all across the world, America, Australia, Canada, etc. And 15,000 of those people died in combat. They were, of course, fighting the fascists, the fascist troops of Franco, backed by the German fascists and the Italian fascists of Mussolini. Um, On a more personal note, um, one of my oldest friends and a guest on Ice Top on a few occasions, John Kenton. His father was uh, a member of the International Brigades and he actually ended up being the longest surviving, dying at the amazing age of 104 only a couple of years ago. And Lou's story is that he... Um, He bought a Douglas motorcycle and then managed to motorbike his way to Alicante where he joined the International Brigade and joined their medical units and spent his time on the front line ferrying medical supplies and helping the wounded. Um, John, uh, not John, Lou was a lifelong communist only resigning his membership when the the, uh, Russian troops invaded Czechoslovakia in 1968, Um, a horrific event which shattered the illusions of many of the communist intellectuals across Europe. And one that was actually covered by my brother, who was the first Western journalist actually to get to Prague when the Russian tanks moved in, claiming to be a Polish student on his way back to study. And um, he blagged his way into a crossroads of our 20th century history. Anyway, um, on Sunday there was a memorial, it's the 80th anniversary of the Battle of Khorama where very strange politics and really worth investigating because you had um, spontaneous outgrowths of anarcho-syndicalism and anarchism working anarchism and the communists at some point actually joined forces with the republicans i understand to defeat the anarchists strange interesting and hugely topical as we find ourselves in a nightmare situation with an international rise in fascism and one that seems to be at least partly, if not mostly sponsored by elusive and hidden billionaires who have been bankrolling a very sophisticated artificial intelligence-led bot war to change the minds, the conscience the thoughts of huge swathes of the population I think we've seen that in Brexit and we're seeing it in Donald Trump where a very malicious nine year old seems to be in the body of a very stupid 70-plus-year-old who is now the alleged president, the so-called president of the free world. We're in desperate times, and I think looking back at history is a very, very smart thing to do to get an idea of where we're actually at today. Anyway, no more history lessons. We started off with a Leonard Cohen song called The Partisan Marking... And we're going to continue with a few more songs and then a field recording of the events on Sunday where I actually found myself at the end with my fist proudly held up in solidarity as we sung the Internationale. Long may we get the chance to do that and I hope you get the chance to do that too because it really feels good. Anyway, pin back your discerning resonance FM listening ears for a field recording of the anniversary of the Battle of Rahma.
4: Today we gather to remember one of the most significant engagements of the Spanish Civil War. The Civil War between 1936 and 1939, which claimed it's estimated perhaps half a million lives on both sides. We gather to remember the International Brigade, sent some 32 to 35,000 young people from this and other countries between 1936 and 1939 to fight against the forces of fascism overwhelming Spain we gather to remember the brave young men and women who went from this borough and fought and died it's good to welcome members of families and descendants who come today to remember those who've died I felt slightly ambiguous about being a vicar and being here today because normally the clergy in the Spanish Civil War were very much on the other side it was complicated, though, and it wasn't all good on either side, but quite often, quite often the response from Republicans sometimes is, when you come across a priest, you shoot him. Those of you who've read Graham Greene, The Power and the Glory, those of you who've read your George Orwell or your Laurie Lee know these stories so very well. I came back from doing a long walk um, during September, October, November last year when I walked the Camino de Santiago, that beautiful walk through northern Spain. And there are lots of young people who do that walk. It's increasingly popular among young people, young people marking a particular stage in their lives, looking for something spiritual in their lives. And walking beyond Burgos and before we got to Leon one day, we were all suddenly stopped in our tracks as we came across a mass grave, a mass grave containing 42 bodies, one of the many discoveries made following the Spanish Civil War. And it was astonishing to be alongside those young people who were literally stopped in our tracks by a sober, sombre monument. And all stopped and paid their respects in their own ways. Laying a stone, tying a ribbon, pausing in silence to remember that hideous conflict in which sides were drawn. And hopefully to take something from it as well. Something about unity, something about peace, something about tolerance something about letting other people be in their own views something about liberty something about hope that we would never let such a thing happen and yet we look around our world and we see it still happening in so many different countries so little gatherings like this have a very valuable and important message to share it's a message of reconciliation it's a message of allowing remembrance of the past to help us to live well in the present and to sow good seeds for the future. Miguel Hernandez, one of the Spanish Civil War poets, remembered the dead from both sides, remembered the dead, many of whom lie unmarked in graves. Around your bones, he said, the olive groves will grow, unfolding their iron roots in the ground, embracing men universally, faithfully. So faithful, and universal, we gather to remember today. Councillor dear. Good morning
5: everyone. Um, It's really pleased to see so many people here. Now when I became elected in 2014, I was given the role of representative of the armed forces in the borough. And we do every year the remembrance services um, for the, rightly so, for World War I and World War II. Um, but doing our research, we found, obviously the 80th anniversary of the Battle of Jerama this year, um, and we thought, why is there nothing in the calendar? So we sat down and we discussed and saw how important it was to recognise the sacrifice of these men and women, not just from our borough, but from across the country, and indeed the world, who fought against fascism in the 1930s. I think we need to also remember that democracy is a very fragile thing. It's only in recent history that it is a thing. And it's something that we need to obviously stand up all the time and recognise and fight for as well. And these young men and women stood up at a time of injustice and hate and for democracy against fascism. And we see many parallels today with the rise of the far right of extremist ideologies and people are fundamentally decent and we need to make sure that we stand up, recognize and remember (coughs) that democracy and our freedom is fragile and it's amazing to see that these people gave their lives for democracy and for freedom and for what was right. And we must do the same today in today's world and continue to fight and continue that struggle against fascism and the far right. So welcome everyone. And I'm very pleased to see we have so many people here and lots of guests as well. And for Reverend Canon Halls to um, lead us on this service. So thank you very much.
6: Hello everyone. Um, I'm Marlene Sidaway, and I'm the President of the International Brigade Memorial Trust. It's a bit high for me. Sorry, is that better? Sorry. I'm Marlene Sidaway, and I'm the President of the International Brigade Memorial Trust. And I'm delighted to be here today. Delighted that so many of you come out um, to commemorate the people on on the Memorial and the Battle of Harama. I was here in 1997, was it? Yes, Um, when the memorial was put up. And at that time, there were lots of, well, not lots, but there were quite a few of International Brigade veterans who were here on that day. And some of you who were also here, you will remember them. Another person I remember meeting for the first time in years was Chris Tranchell who is here today and will be reading a poem later on, and he told me today that he was part of the the Trades Council, and um, it was he and Dolly West, whose father is commemorated on the memorial, they were the sort of movers who got in touch with the council and got this memorial put up, which is really beautiful, and it's one of... When when it was first put up, there were about 60 memorials in England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales. There was a memorial book of them. And now there are 146 in these islands. And there are loads of others all over the world, in France, Germany, uh, Spain, of course, in America, New Zealand, Australia, which reflects the amount of different people there were who gave their support and their lives to the Republican government, the elected Republican government in Spain at that time. They were being threatened by the forces of fascism. And the people who went to Spain realized that fascism was going to be sweeping all through Europe. For them, it was a wake-up call. And um, the wake-up call they realized was There, in Spain, and that was their chance to try and stop it. Madrid, the magnet that drew us all along slow roads to Spain. At last a star for desperate men, sensing the gathering storm. And we that fought to warn a watching world were called false prophets by appeasers, yet fought for the poor of the world. That's from my partner David Marshall's poem, I Sing of My Comrades. Well, not long after, um, about three years after this memorial was put up, um, we started the International Brigade Memorial Trust. It was an amalgamation between those who had belonged to the International Brigade Association, which was for veterans, and an organisation for friends and families of the veterans. And there were about 50 of us then, and now we have more than a thousand members. We do all sorts of things that we know will keep alive the memory and spirit of the International Brigaders. That's what we are formed for and we are, in a sense, a memorial in ourselves. We have uh, a big memorial in Jubilee Gardens where we have uh, a big meeting every first Saturday in July every year. We have a commemorative Lenchrome Memorial Lecture, usually in Manchester, in the spring every year, and our annual general meeting is in a different city every year, and that reflects again the the various places all over England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, where the brigaders came from, and we have people in those areas who still Uh, gather at those memorials and uh, at certain days lay a wreath, read a poem, sing a song and I'm so delighted that this is here today to mark the anniversary of Harama and I would urge all of you who live near or even if you don't, if, if you have somebody commemorated on the memorial, please do try and make a day when you come again to do what we're doing today, remembering them. It doesn't have to be a big big thing, but just gather a few people, sing a song, say a poem, silence, remember them, lay some flowers, then they will be remembered. And I also urge you to join the International Brigade Memorial Trust. Um, There are some leaflets and our newsletter over there, which will tell you more of our work. We have a very good website, a very good social media, and so there's no excuse for not knowing anything about us and about the International Brigadiers. Um to, to reiterate what the Reverend said, Lou Kenton, whose uh, son and daughter are here today, um, he came through after the Spanish Civil War was over and Franco had won. Um, he was on the borders between um, Spain and France and he remembered it in these words. Looking back on those days it was terrible. The spectacle of seeing refugees pouring over the frontier wounded carrying wounded, mothers carrying children, some of them already dead, and the utter despair on the part of thousands of refugees who were being pursued by the advancing fascist army very very familiar now and we must use the inspiration of the international brigaders to do all that we can to help the suffering of the refugees and other people in this world today. Uh, It's long live the memory of the international brigaders long live their spirit and their inspiration for us to do what we can and oppose fascism wherever we see it These memorials, uh, if you look on the other side, there is evidence that it has been damaged. There are always evidences of damage on the memorials. And every time it happens, somebody goes, cleans up the paint, uh, tries to to make it better. And you just have to keep on doing that. Keep on challenging fascism, challenging racial... uh, things all the time. The international brigades were international and we should be as well. Thank you. Sorry. Yes. Um, this is um, Chris's daughter Imogen Lucy will now sing Viva la Quinta Brigada.
7: This is a, a Christy Moore song which, was, uh, which he wrote for the, uh, the volunteers from Ireland. Ten years before I saw the light of morning A comradeship of heroes was laid From every corner of the world came sailing The 15th International Brigade they came to stand beside the spanish people to try and stand the rising fascist tide franco's allies were the powerful and wealthy frank ryan's men came from the other side even the olives were bleeding as the battle for Madrid thundered on Truth and love against the force of evil Brotherhood against the fascist clan Viva la quinta brigada No passer on the pledge that made them fight Adelante was the cry around the hill Side. Let us all remember them tonight Bob Hillard was a church of Ireland pastor From Killarney across the Pyrenees I came From Dublin came a brave young Christian brother Side beside the fort and died in Spain Tommy Woods, age 17, died in Córdoba. With Nafiama he learned to hold his gun from Dolan to the Via del Rio where they fought and died beneath the Spanish sun. Viva la Quinta Brigada Pass around the pledge that made them fight. Atlante was the cry around the hillside. Let us all remember them tonight. Viva la Quinte Brigada.
6: Oh, thank you very much, Imogen. And now I'd like to ask Chris to read the poem. Oh, sorry, no. (laughs) Wrong, turned the page too quickly. Um, This is uh, Richard Baxall, the chairman of the IBMT, and he's going to give us uh, a history of the Harama battle. Sorry, Richard.
8: Thanks, Marlene. Yes, uh, in addition to being the chair of the IBMT, I'm also a historian who's been writing about the involvement of the British in Spain and in the International Brigades for for quite some time. Now, today, as Marlene said, I'm going to talk briefly about the Battle of Harama, which was the first engagement in which the British battalion of the International Brigades were involved. Though that's, that's not to say that it was the first involvement of British volunteers. In fact, people from Britain, from Ireland, and from around the world had been arriving in Spain ever since the failed military coup of July 1936. And they'd gone because they wanted to join the fight to defend democracy in Spain, to to protect the Spanish Republic against the onslaught of the Spanish rebel generals and their support from Mussolini's Italy and Nazi Germany. (coughs) Now, of those, there was about, before we get to Harama, there was about several hundred British who had gone to Spain, and at least 30 of them had been killed by the time we're talking, and many, many of them had been wounded, including Marlene's partner, David Marshall, and Sam Lesser, who was one of my predecessors as the chair of the IBMT. They'd... David had been f- fighting as part of the international column to defend Madrid, which was at that pl- at that point, at the start of the war, Franco was very much set on capturing Madrid and firmly believed that it would fall into his hands. And it was the rival of the international volunteers, particularly the international brigades, that helped defend Madrid against the the Francoist uh, assault and uh, foil Franco's rather rather um, arrogant assumptions that Madrid would just fall. Now, Harama, the Battle of Harama in February 1937 marked a new Francoist assault on Madrid. Having failed in their direct attacks the previous year, they were trying to encircle around the south of the capital and cut the vital road that linked Harama with Valencia, which was then the seat of the Republican government. Huge numbers of uh, Franquist forces were launched against the Republic and the International Brigades were one of the, one of the many groups of the Republican Army that were thrown into the defence. Now at that stage the British battalion had just been formed. It was about 600 strong but these were not professional soldiers these were, these were builders, these were labourers, these were dockers. These were people who believed that they could make a difference and were prepared to literally lay their lives on the line in defense of democracy in Spain and democracy across Europe. They felt that if they had, didn't go to Spain and Franco were to win, then it would be a triumph for fascism in Europe. Now, they had very little, very little training. They perhaps, at the most, six weeks, which is, which is not much, to put it mildly. And unfortunately, they weren't just fighting against trips, troops equally equipped to them. They ended up being pitted against Franco's elite soldiers, Moroccan mercenaries and the Army of Africa with, bitter, with years of experience of fighting in Morocco. Franco's crack, tra- tra- crack troops. On the first day of the Battle of Hoperama, 600 went into battle. Following machine gun attacks, Shelling and attacks by three Moroccan battalions. Perhaps 150 of those 600 men were still standing by tea time. On day two, the situation hardly improved when the entire machine gun company was captured with all their guns. And on day three, the battered remnants finally fell back and started to retreat, and everybody thought. At that point, it was all over. But stirred by a a speech from their commander, General Gow, and by two key individuals, a Scot called Jock Cunningham and an ex-IRA veteran, Frank Ryan, managed to turn them around and they marched back to the front, singing songs, firing guns to make it sound like there were more people than there really were. And amazingly, despite everything, the Franquist troops retreated back. To their earlier positions i mean it's it is an astonishing achievement over 150 of the volunteers were killed in those three days alone and if you think that 540 british and irish were killed over the two and a half years of the civil war that gives you some understanding of the devastation wreaked on the volunteers during that awful battle you might wonder was the sacrifice worth it well What General Gal told the troops and what encouraged them to go back was that they were the end of the line. There were no troops to their left. There were no troops behind them. Had they not managed to hold the line, Franco's forces would have had an open road to Madrid. And I strongly suspect that the war would have been ended there and then. So we owe them our thanks. Thank you.
6: Now at last it's Chris Tranchell's turn to read you the poem Harama.
9: Thank you. Hello, it's a great honour for me to be here, having been on the Trades Council that initiated this stone in the first place, along with Hammersmith and Fulham Council, they got it together and achieved this, and it was quite remarkable. The men who were here who had actually fought, was uh, Jack Jones, of course, as as well as Sam Lesser and Frank West there, and Lou. It was quite uh, an extraordinary occasion, and I was very proud to be part of that. Uh, This is from another man who fought in Harama, Lon eliot <clears throat> Unrisen dawns had dazzled in your eyes. Your hearts were hungry for the not yet born. In agony of thwarted love and wasted life, through all long misery from countries torn with savage hands, you did not shrink or bend but marched on, straighter, prouder, to the end. Not blindly fighting in another's war, lured by cheap promises and drugged with drums, striking down brothers in the name of lies, slaves of the blackest with all senses numbed, but clear-eyed, bravely, counting all the cost, knowing what might be won, what might be lost. The rifles you will never hold again. In other hands, still speak against the night. Brothers have filled your places in the ranks who will remember how you died and fight. The day you took those rifles up, defied the power of ages, and victorious, died. Comrades, sleep now for all you loved shall be. You did not seek for death, but finding it, and such a death, better than shameful life. Rest now content. A flame of hope is lit. The flag of freedom floats again, unfurled, and all you loved lives richlier in the world. Loniniot.
4: We reflect and give thanks for all who have stood up for peace and justice, for all who've stood against forces of extremism. With penitence, we recognise the ways in which people of religion have given way to extremist cruelty. So we pray for unity among all world faiths, that together we may work for peace and justice with mercy and right. We reflect and pray for world leaders. We long for the day when we may live together, unbounded by extremism, unencumbered by the rhetoric of hatred, set free from words and deeds which set brother against brother, sister against sister. We reflect and pray with thanksgiving for the men and women from Hammersmith and Fulham who joined the International Brigade whose hearts were filled with hope and determination for a world set free from the darkness of fascism and we are determined in our day and in our time to stand in the hour For that hope of a world set free to enjoy the glorious liberty of the children of God, a place where neither creed, nor colour, nor background, nor political opinion shall cause any to lift up sword against their neighbour. Where there is the darkness of hatred, may we bring the light of freedom and hope. And where the candle flame of justice and mercy is lit, may we fan it into a glorious flame that may set the world on fire with love and hope and freedom and peace, today and forever. Amen.
6: we can now all sing the Valley of Harama. It's a valley that we all know so well, and we sing this song uh, whenever we gather. That's a cue for John.
0: There's a valley in Spain called Harama. That's a place that we all know so well. What is there that we in our manhood And most of our old age as well From this valley they tell us we're leaving But don't hasten to bid us adieu For in no we make our departure We'll be back in an hour or two there's a valley in Spain called the Rama. That's a place that we all know so well. What is there that we waste in our manhood. And most of our old age as well. We are proud of our British battalion. The marathon record it's made. Please do us this one little favor and take this last word to brigade. There's a valley in Spain.
6: Well, something seems to have gone wrong with the printing and and the... Anyway, um, the last—that's the original version. Our historian tells me the spirit was there. The spirit was there. We all sang out. Now, the last light the last verse of this is: Now we've left that dark valley of sorrow, and its memories we ne'er shall forget. So, before we continue this reunion, let us stand to our glorious dead. So, please, could we have just one minute silence? After which. Um, we will ask the Mayor of, you know, of, of Hammersmith and Fulham, Councillor Mercy Umay, to lay a wreath and anyone else who wants to lay flowers. So just one minute silence, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else who would like to lay some flowers? Or <clears throat> I'd like to read you a poem. And it's called The Dead Have No Regrets. And it's by Aileen Palmer, an Australian who was in Spain. The dead have no regrets. They went proudly to their tumultuous doom. But, sitting in a crowded room, we mourn our lives too tamely spent. We shut the door and turn the lock, but while we talk and analyse, within our ears, before our eyes, ticks the implacable clock. Today we gather up the threads, discuss the issue, great or small. Perhaps tomorrow it will fall, the sword that hangs above our heads. Black wings are massed against the dawn. What will it matter that we rhyme our chronicles of wasted time, if liberty is gone? What will it matter if we write our own remembrance of things past, if all we write can only last until tomorrow night? If all the books from which we learn, the poets that we praise today, before the onslaught of decay, with Lorca and Heine burn. If Europe's walls come tumbling down and one by one the bastions fall, what will it matter if we all in that great chaos drown? We search the minutes we have spent, but feel in time's relentless beat the threat of ultimate defeat. Only the dead can rest content having given all they had to give to save from blood and fire and dust, at least a hope that we can trust. We must remember them and live. Thank you.
4: For the courage to know what is right and to stand up for it. For the courage not to seek our own safety And comfort but to advocate on behalf of our oppressed brothers and sisters for the courage to follow good examples of faith and commitment and hope for the determination to live the world's light and not its darkness its faith and not its fear its hope and not its despair in short for the courage to live and fight and struggle for a better life, for brothers and sisters who have no words to speak for themselves. Let us commit this day as we have remembered courage and heroism shown by the International Brigade. And may the God who is a God of liberty and justice and mercy pour down upon us his blessing, that we may be strengthened to go forward, to live hope and unity today and always. Amen.
2: state-based partly on a uh, Spanish Civil War song. Oh, say, do you remember 25 years ago They fought the fascist army They fought the fascist foe Do you remember Franco Hitler's old ally He butchered Spain's democracy Half a million And I, 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 did you wonder why, did you ever pause and cry? And don't forget the churches and the sad role that they played, they crucified their people and worked the devil's trade. But now the wounds are healing with the passing on of time So we send them planes and rifles and recognize their crime Aye, 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 did you wonder why? Did you ever pause and cry? So spend your tourist dollars and turn your heads away Forget about the slaughter, it's the price we all must pay. For now the world's in struggle to win, we all must bend so dim the light in freedom's soul. Sleep well tonight, my friend. Aye, 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 did you wonder why? Did you ever pause and cry?
10: con las sirenas de las fábricas y era como, como si toda Barcelona latiese con un solo corazón, algo que solo se vive quizá una vez en un siglo, y si algo puedo decir que eso marcó mi vida y vivo con, eso, con esa emoción siempre. La verdadera revolución se inicia el primero de julio y la inicia el pueblo espontáneamente defendiéndose contra el ejército. ...y la primera vez y la única vez que el pueblo acaba con el ejército, lo rinde. Hemos podido con el ejército, este es el grito fantástico de García Levez, el día 20. Hemos podido lo que no se ha podido nunca.
11: Fue una cosa de gran ilusión, de pensar yo de que se había hecho ya la revolución social... ...no solo en España, yo creo que creí que habíamos demostrado en el mundo entero.
10: Fue espontáneo, Eh, el pueblo se encontró dueño de su destino... Y ejerció su fuerza y llevó a cabo las esperanzas que durante años y años había siempre soñado. Y eso es algo que, que una oportunidad se acepta, se lleva a cabo y se acabó.
1: La libertad.
11: años los anarquistas protagonistas de la revolución que vivió españa durante la guerra civil entre 1936 y 1939 rememoran aquel verano que cambió para siempre sus vidas
10: España 36 éramos más jóvenes que ahora y cuando piensas que un pueblo sin historia no es un pueblo, no es nada y esto te te, te tira de de culo hicieron todos los posibles para desprestigiar a la revolución y para borrarla. hasta hace un... pocos años no se veía ningún libro que hablase de verdad enteramente de, 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 de la revolución yo soy albañil y cuando he, eh, he, he tenido que construir una casa he empezado siempre por los fundamentos y tanto las películas como todos los actos de, de la vida Tienen un principio, y es en el principio, en los fundamentos donde hay que empezar. Y eso hay que saber por qué nosotros nos defendimos contra el fascismo, por qué vencimos al fascismo y qué qué eran las ideas que nosotros eh, preconizábamos y que el pueblo se sintió identificado con ellas.
11: La situación de miseria en la que vive gran parte de la población española en 1930 apenas ha mejorado desde que comenzó la revolución industrial un siglo antes. Continúan el analfabetismo y las profundas desigualdades sociales sin que las autoridades, la iglesia ni la burguesía pongan remedio. El anarquismo, que aparece como una propuesta del socialismo utópico para luchar contra la injusticia social, ha ido calando a lo largo de 100 años en las clases más desfavorecidas del país. Las ideas de Kropotkin y Bakunin arraigan con fuerza, especialmente en Andalucía y Cataluña. En 1840 nace en Barcelona la primera sociedad obrera y 30 años más tarde, la organización de los trabajadores españoles es ya un ejemplo para el resto de Europa. Tras la escisión de la primera internacional, En el país triunfa en las ideas anti de Bakunin frente a las que propugna
10: Marx. Todo debe ser libre para que funcione. Esa es la gran, la gran eh, disyuntiva que hubo entre Marx y Bakunin. Marx era autoritario y Bakunin no.
11: En el sur de España, Fermín Salvochea es una de las figuras más influyentes del anarquismo andaluz. Allí el pueblo está enfrentado a una burguesía propietaria de grandes latifundios y productivos
10: en virtud de unos cuantos caciques que son los que manipulaban la, la política y los explotadores de las grandes extensiones de tierra. Y al trabajador, pues, nos tenían tres, bueno, tres meses, por ejemplo, de trabajo activo. El resto, pues, era casi... no, no, no trabajaba, ¿eh? lo que trabajaban muy poco.
9: Yeah am
3: You have been listening twice to Topica here on Resonance on a 4.4 FM. My name is Simon Tishko and we've been listening to a field recording of an event organized by London Borough of Hammersmith and Fulham, who I have to say the present council in charge, which is the surprise ousting of the last set of foul Tories a few years back and um, a very dis- very exciting and dynamic group of councillors seem to have taken control of the town hall. Um, I've managed to get involved with a few arts initiatives and they are doing things in a very unusual and really rather real way. Um, very strange times And we need to be aware of the lessons from history, but I'm not going to go into that too much now because you can do that very well online yourself, which I thoroughly recommend you do. There will be some links on my website being www.theculture.net. And if you want to get involved in discussions around the issues raised today, then as ever, hashtag Isotopica on Twitter thanks everyone that was there on sunday and i'm going to bring john kenton in to talk a little bit about his father sometime soon because that's special that's something very very special anyway this is me simon signing off for another seven days we are repeated in the early hours of thursday morning i believe and sometimes on resonance extra and you can find us on catch up next up is carol finer which is delightful if it's live on tuesday afternoon always a beautiful show with carol this is me simon signing